If the truckers have taught us anything, it's that we are infinitely more powerful when we stick together. And the same goes for supporting businesses that believe in this country and your right to live free. And that's why I am proud that Human Events Daily is partnering with Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider, and I want you to as well. They offer broad nationwide coverage. In fact, they use the same towers as the major carriers. So you're gonna get the same great nationwide coverage plus Peace of mind that your money is actually going to support your right to free speech. So Patriot Mobile, they've got plans. They fit any budget. It's a 100% US-based customer support team providing exceptional customer support. More importantly, by the way, Patriot Mobile, they share your values. They support organizations that fight for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, and our veteran and first responders. So how do you do it? You go to patriotmobile.com slash POSO and you use promo code POSO to activate. Veterans and first responders, make sure you let them know because you are gonna save even more when you're making the switch today. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares your values. Stop giving money to people who hate you. Patriotmobile.com slash POSO, patriotmobile.com slash POSO. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today's top stories, ones that the mainstream media is probably not going to be focusing on. First up, the CDC has refused to publish data on booster effectiveness for 18 to 49-year-olds. We're going to talk about that. Next, the NIH has sent out 292 fully redacted pages in response to a FOIA request related to virus research in the Wuhan lab. Third, conservatives are up 10 points in Canada in a new poll amid Trudeau's trucker crackdown. They're also holding the Freedom Convoy founder and organizer without bail. And then finally, Putin is ordering peacekeeping operations in the Donbass breakaway regions. We gotta talk about that. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Chris, that when people say done with COVID, done with COVID means you want to get back to normality to the extent that you can. But the fact is you'll get back to normality when you have a certain percentage of people yeah. who have immunity. Now, that, that immunity could either be infection and hopefully people would get boosted after, even though you do get a good degree of protection from prior infection. But if you really want to get the epidemic behind you, yes. put it in the rear view mirror, just saying you're done with COVID. You may be done with COVID, but COVID is not done with the United States, nor is COVID done with the world. We've got to do what it takes to get it to be done. But you may be done with COVID, but COVID isn't done with you. Okay, well, if that's true, then can we at least see a little bit of that little thing? What, what's that stuff? You know, we used to talk about it. Oh, right, the science the data, right? We're, we're told that our country isn't run by laws anymore or the constitution or rights as uh, endowed by God, our creator, et cetera, all that. No, 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 no. Our country is run by the science now because we've got atheists in charge. Okay, fine. All right, let's, let's go with that, right? I'm clearly not an atheist. I believe in a little something called the living God. But if we're gonna go with science, and if you believe that science is your living God, then can we talk about it? Can we see the data? Please explain to us what's going on. So the CDC, and of course, they're, they're releasing all their data on booster effectiveness, right? <clears throat> no, not so much. The CDC is refusing to publish data. It has collected on booster effectiveness 
for 33 million Americans aged 18 to 49 over, it's from Daily Mail, over fears it might show the vaccines as ineffective. FDA expert tells CDC to tell the truth. Two weeks ago, the CDC published data about the effectiveness of boosters against COVID-19, yet they failed to publish a tranche of their data, however, omitting the impact on those aged 18 to 49 who are least likely to benefit from the boosters. The CDC are also being criticized for failing to publish their information about child hospitalization rates and comorbidities. A spokeswoman for the CDC said they were concerned that the data would be misinterpreted and pointing out that it was incomplete, it was not verified. Critics have said that it's always better to publish the information rather than withhold and allow scientists to analyze and explain what they could. Oh, so you're telling us that we're supposed to believe the science. You believe in science. Science is now your God. When they say they believe in science, they're not following science. They're following what their TV is telling them to do. They're following whatever CNN is telling them to do. You're not actually looking at data. And why is that? Because you have erected your own new secular God. And that is the God of political correctness. That is the God of wokeism. That is the God of, of equity and equality and whatever word you want to come up with it now. Systemic thisism and thatism. That's what you're trying to push because you don't want to talk about reality and because you think that it's politically incorrect to talk about people who have comorbidities, to have people that are more at risk from COVID-19 than others. People who are overweight, people who are obese, people who don't get enough sunlight, don't get enough vitamin D, right? You are going to be more at risk. That's just a fact. That's science. That's something that we've all seen that's come out in, you know, the actual data. But of course, you can't have that. And then we've also heard, and the FDA official was on Project Veritas tape saying this, that Pfizer wants to have a recurring fountain of revenue from getting people signed up for these yearly vaccines and yearly boosters, the same way that they push yearly flu shots. Okay, that's one thing if you make it a choice, but it's clearly another thing if it's mandated if you're required by government to have this. Look, I've said before, boy, that's a great, great business model. I would love if I could mandate that 33 million Americans had to download Human Events Daily every day and support all of our sponsors and go to MyPillow.com, promo code POSO and Field of Greens and everything else that's out there, all of it, right? But that's not what's going on. We're not mandating that because that's not the kind of country we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be the kind of country that has a little thing called freedom, free choice, free expression, and the ability to control what goes into our bodies, bodily autonomy. And here I thought that the government would agree with that. Foolish of me. But no, I'm not convinced uh, about that. I think that we should continue to investigate what went on in China until we find out to the best of our ability exactly what happened. Certainly, the people who've investigated say that it likely was the emergence from an animal reservoir that then infected individuals, but it could have been something else. And we need to find that out. So, you know, that's the reason why I said I'm perfectly in favor of any investigation that looks into the origin of the virus. You know, under a serious country, if the United States were a serious country, right, which, which would be wonderful to have, I, I wish we had one. 
Something I learned in the intel community is that we're not a serious country. We don't take world affairs seriously. We don't take ourselves seriously. Uh, we come up with these phony and fake kind of reasons to talk ourselves out of acting and thinking like a serious country. So we don't have actual statesmen. We don't have actual diplomats. We don't have actual politicians who are operating in our national self-interest. And so when COVID-19 came out early January 2020, one of the very first things I said was, you got to see what's going on in that lab. And if China won't let us know what's going on in that lab, the CPC or CCP won't let us know what's going on in that lab, you got to get in there. You got to raid it. You got to go in, whether it, you know, whether you're using um, infiltrators or sources, whatever it is, you've got to get the documents and the data out of that lab. But we didn't even know in those early days that it wasn't just, <laughs> it wasn't just the CCP that was operating in the Wuhan lab, that the NIH, through this cutout organization called EcoHealth Alliance, was also funding and participating in experiments, gain-of-function experiments, and yes, they were. They were gain-of-function experiments. Sorry, Dr. Fauci, I know he's trying to claim they're not, but they didn't fit the framework and the reservoir. And no, no. They were gain-of-function experiments that were going on in Wuhan. You were doing them there because you knew it was banned in the United States, all right? And then, after the CCP got our proprietary research and technology, the same way they use IP theft in every single industry that operates within the borders of the PRC, they then started conducting their own that we didn't even have visibility on. Okay, well, can you at least give us the documents to show that what we were working on to the American people. Can you at least afford the American people that kind of clarity and transparency to know what their tax dollars and their government was up to in Wuhan working with the CCP? I keep saying this, this is elite merger. This is not a capture. This is not some uh, you know, foreign espionage situation. They're working together. They're working hand in glove. They know exactly what they're doing. Trudeau talked about this. I admire China's basic dictatorship. Those are Trudeau's words. I'm not putting words in his mouth. That's what he said. And you see what he's doing in Ottawa. We're gonna talk about that in a minute. So let's go with this. The NIH responded to a FOIA request by The Intercept with 292 fully redacted pages related to virus research in Wuhan. The NIH continues to withhold critical documents that could shed light on the origin of the coronavirus pandemic. With the death toll from COVID-19 approaching 6 million worldwide, the need to understand the origins of the pandemic is both pressing and grave. This is from The Intercept. But the NIH continues to withhold these critical documents. So they turn over some 300 documents, but 292 of those are redacted. So we can't even find out from our own government what's, go where, what's going on, what went on in Wuhan, what we knew was going on in Wuhan versus let, you know, let alone having any visibility into what China was doing. Again, we're not a serious country. Other countries play to win. We just play. We play these games. We play games with our people. And I got to tell you, from somebody who's spent time on the other side of the desk, from someone who's been behind the screen in the intelligence community, working for the U.S. government, there's nobody behind the scenes that's saying, ah, yes, and then we're going to uh, conduct the experiments here. Nobody's pulling the strings. Nobody's actually making these rational decisions. There's no rational decision maker at the top. And this is where, you know, some people get it wrong. They say, oh, well, this is all part of some 
some global plan and they've got this all worked out. And yes, there are goals, right? There, you know, certainly is Davos, there is a World Economic Forum, but they're feckless. They have no idea what they're doing. China doesn't operate that way, by the way. I'm talking about us. I'm talking about the Western system. China doesn't operate like this. The CCP, they have plans. They have goals. Xi Jinping, that's a guy who plans. Absolutely. He knows exactly what he's doing, and he is taking steps to put his country's national interest first at the detriment of other countries. Why? Because that's his job. He's the leader of China. But our president and our diplomats and our congressmen and our government employees, our civil servants, they don't act like that. They believe in a different kind, and I can describe this, right? They believe in an idea of what they consider America to be this, this network of neoliberal alliances and neoliberal organizations. They, and then they view America's standing as our ability to influence those organizations or our ability to, you know, use words, right? There's a word cell meme out there. People say they're just using word thinking all the time. They can't actually think through the rational steps. Well, the rational steps on this are clear. Do not work with the CCP on gain-of-function experiments. And if you do, you have to go in and hold them to account. We need reparations and compensatory damages for what the CCP did in Wuhan. Support yourselves. Support the workers. Support the truckers. Support American workers. How do you do this? It seems like everything's going crazy. What can you do? How do you contribute to the fight? How do you help? Look, you got to think smaller. In times of crisis, you can't think big. You have to think small. Sometimes you have to focus on what's directly in front of you, right? To be able to affect those larger things down the line. And that's why I say go to MyPillow.com, use promo code POSO or MyPillow.com slash POSO. You go there, you get in the fight, you support yourselves, you support the workers, you support patriots, you support Americans, and you get great products out of it. Same way, you got the pillows, you got the towels, you got the whole towel set that's out there, the sheets, you luxuriate in the beautiful, beautiful sheets. You get the Bible pillows for the kids. My kids love the pillows. And if you want to use these as a way to donate, we will buy some sometimes and then donate them to the church. We'll donate to the needy. It's just something that we do. It's something that the Poso household has made part of our annual giving. So. Find a way to support yourself, support your community. Go to mypillow.com slash poso. The truckers and the crackdown that's continued under Canada on them. Understand what's happening here. This is like when a bad parent is screaming at their kid for not eating their vegetables or not doing what they're told. And instead of trying to work with them and trying to deescalate and trying to get them through a situation, they've now started getting violent and they've now started hitting the child. That's what you see going on in Canada. That's the way the government's treating the citizens. You're not being treated like citizens. You're being treated like subjects up there. So Tamara Litch, who was the founder, the organizer of the original Freedom Convoy, just came out that she's going to be held without bail. They're not even letting her out. And they're threatening her with up to 10 years in prison. So if you've got one of these woke, you know, bail reform justices or bail reform DAs, here in the U.S. at least, 
well, how it goes in China, Canada. Oh, excuse me. Slip of the tongue. Freudian slip. Oops. China, duh. You get let out. Like, look at the guy in Louisville. Shoots up a Jewish mayoral candidate in his office, fully in view of witnesses. Gets let out three days later. BLM Louisville paid his bail. He's out. He's on the street again. But up in Canada, you will be held without bail for standing up for your rights. Now, the one silver lining in all of this is that we're now seeing a new poll up in Canada. And this poll is by Main Street Research. So they're, you know, very centrist organization. Out of the post millennials reporting this, the conservative party in Canada has now seen a 10 point swing. And this comes as Candace Bergen, the new conservative party leader, is advocating for the protesters and opposing the government's use, Trudeau's use, of the Emergencies Act, which was invoked to give police new powers to remove those demonstrators. This is what Tamara Lich and others were taken down under. They're now saying under this poll that the conservatives are actually up nine points ahead of the liberals. That being said, just a few nights ago in Canada, that Emergency Powers Act was voted on and it was upheld. So you're seeing a now proxy war for the soul of Canada, the soul of the North, which side will prevail? Will it be the side of the people or will it be the side of the neoliberal regime headed by the party of Davos? That Justin Trudeau is a willing and following acolyte and disciple of. Will they follow the will of the people? Will they do the right thing for actual workers, actually essential workers? This is not nurses dancing on TikTok. All right. These are the truckers. These are the people that kept everything running day to day when they were mistreated, when they faced harsh hours, when they faced hardships and shortages, long hours. These are people who put their bodies through that kind of punishment and their time away from their families, away from their loved ones. And they do it every day and they do it without complaint. They asked to have their concerns listened to and they were thrown in jail. Folks, you hear the news. Once again, Putin and the Russians are trying to engage in our elections and decide who the president's going to be. And this time I'm the object there of their attention. Because Putin knows if I am president of the United States, his days of tyranny and trying to intimidate the United States and those in Eastern Europe are over. I'm going to stand up to him. He's a bully, just like the president. And I know he doesn't want me to be president. But to tell you what, when I'm president, things are going to change. Mr. Putin, the American people decide their elections, not you. Well, we've talked before on this program about the importance of pipeline politics. And now, as always, you can see how important that is. So Germany just this morning has declared that they're going to be suspending Nord Stream 2, the pipeline that connects Russia and Russian liquid natural gas to Germany. That was going to be supplying that gas to Germany. It was going to be their new supplier. All of this. When you look at the situation in Donbass, the sanctions, natural gas, energy issues, the importance of geography. The, that's why we do map breaks here all the time to explain to people because geography is destiny, right? Your geography makes you who you are. When you look at the United States, we're essentially a sea power because if we want to project power outwards, we need to do so with our Navy. We need to do so. We need to have commerce through the seas. The United States is essentially, right, a strong sea power when you look in terms of world affairs. But when it comes to places 
like China, like Russia, like India, they are essentially land powers. Do they have navies? Yes, of course, obviously. But where does the bulk of their power come from? Land and their interconnectivity to that Eurasian heartland. This is the Mackinder heartland theory, so understand that. And the bottom line is this. Fukuyama was wrong. He was completely wrong about everything. You cannot have the end of history just because one conflict goes your way. It doesn't work. You can't erect these massive neoliberal global organizations and say everyone's going to come into this and we're going to abide by these norms and these rules and then just act as if all of that history doesn't matter. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Countries operate in their national interest, period, full stop. No matter what the United, in the United Nations, where are they on this? Nowhere to be found. None whatsoever. The World Trade Organization, forget about them. Just forget about all of that stuff, right? You've got to go back to direct diplomacy. You've got to go back to a situation where America is strong. So gas prices are going to go up now. They absolutely are. Why? Because brinkmanship has gone wrong. President Biden's bluff is being called right now. It's being called. And your gas prices are going to go up because of this. Now, we could be building pipelines right here in the United States. We could be, and I, I've said, how many times have I said this? Invade Alaska. We have all the natural resources we need right there, or the Permian Basin in Texas, or the Marcellus Shale in the Midwest, you know, Pennsylvania, Midwest, New York, etc. Use our own resources. Bring down the price of gas, bring down the price of oil, and prevent all of these conflicts from going on. Renegotiate the deals if we have to. But you go to a world where you can have that kind of stability and that kind of parity. You don't get there by exploiting other countries through these false neoliberal agendas. It's never going to happen. It's not going to work. But through multipolarity and through serious diplomacy and statesmanship, you might actually be able to achieve it. See if that actually happens. There are decades when nothing happens and weeks when decades happen. Ladies and gentlemen, now more than ever, you've got to be locked in here, Human Events Daily. Remember our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you to be good, be brief, be gone every single day. That is what we do. You're getting this news, facts, and analysis faster, quicker than anyone else, more swiftly, and it's gonna be more high value for you and for your time. Remember our homework to you. Share this out with one of your normie friends and leave us your five-star review. Because as we know, History never ends. Fukuyama, just wrong. But before we go, it's time for today's history break. Today, in all the way back in 1972, it's not today, of course, 2-22-22, but in 2-22-72, 50 years to the day, Richard Nixon, President Nixon, met with Zhou Enlai and began the process of opening up to China, bringing us to where we are today. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.